Merry Christmas, everyone. Friends, you chose wisely the 7 7 p.m. If you come to the 4 p.m., we would have been able to auction all these seats off, and they would have gone for a high price. Uh, My friends, one of the wonderful aspects of a Christmas Mass in the Roman Catholic Church and the Christmas liturgy are the readings being read, um, and they're being read all around the world. And while there are um, different Mass settings and different readings for each of the Mass, um, they are all being proclaimed throughout the world. Likewise, the hymns uh, for this liturgy are being sung around the world likewise. And even those who have not frequented uh, the church remember fondly the readings and the hymns, even as I listen to the our blessed choir sing, it made me remember um, many, many things, and those hymns teach at the same time in a different way that from what Father Mark could. And these hymns are beautiful and hold so much meaning. But back regarding the readings, particularly from the Old Testament, throughout the Advent, we've been hearing from the great prophet Isaiah, the prophet of God. And um, from the Old Testament, it has been said that the ancient Israelites would sing them whenever uh, they gathered or whenever a new king took the throne. In it, they always held to the hope that this one would be the one foretold by the prophets, the one known as the Anointed One, the Messiah. So they sang and they sang for centuries. As no king really fit the descriptions Uh, as they had understood and interpreted the Holy Scriptures that we call the Old Testament. And we have the gospel, this gospel account, all of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they are read or sometimes chanted at the Christmas Mass, one of which was this one you heard this evening. Unlike the thoughts of old, whereas the king was thought to come uh, with an army, with power and might, and he was going to Um, create a war against all the empires. The New Testament tells something different. The New Testament tells that one night, away from a palace or a great temple, a child was born in a stable. And his mother laid him in a manger And this child would be wiser than Solomon of old. And he would be more victorious than King David of old. And he would bring a deep type of peace, one that the human heart longed for, that the world could not give. Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet of God, his words and all that singing came true in a manger. A few miles away from Jerusalem, in the city of Bethlehem. Today, people can actually touch the spot where God became man, where God became flesh. We call it incarnate, where the ancient prophecies came true. We gather each year at Christmas and sing the same hymns. One of the attractions of Christmas is that most know the music by heart, and it invokes memories, as I opened with of many Christmases, especially when, perhaps, when we were young, in a time when God seemed so much closer to us. 
in a time that is magical to a child, when you speak of angels and Jesus, they just simply say, oh, yeah, I know. I know. Maybe we feel we can't go back to such times because too much has happened since we've grown up. But the power of Christmas, however, doesn't come from sentimentality and from nostalgia, but from hope that things can be different in our life because of the birth of this very special child and all that he would say and all that he would do. And one of the most fundamental pieces for Christians is he came to tell us that God loves us. He didn't come to cast judgment upon us. He didn't come to give a, the world what it deserved, but what it needed, love. So my friends, I suspect people are in the churches this evening for all sorts of reasons. Some are here every week, and they embrace all the solemnities of Mother Church with great meaning. Some come occasionally. Some are here as a favor or to a family or friend. In other words, they were forced here. <laughs> they were being, <laughs> someone was holding some type of ransom over them. But the good news of this Christmas celebration is that, as the angel said, it is good news for all people, no matter what their reason for coming into this house. Whoever you are, and for whatever reason that you are here, every person in this church is loved by God. Every person in this church, I pray, would feel this and know it. At the last Mass, I gave them a different homily, and I told them, uh, if someone tells you that God hates you, that is not true. You will not find that in the Scriptures. He loves us as we are. And then he looks to us to tell us, you can do so much. You can do so much. Journey with me so you can see. And all of us, if nothing else, each one of you here will make a journey over the next year. For some, the journey may be difficult, made so because of poor health or a terrible medical diagnosis. Or for some, it may be problems and challenges financially or work-related or something that's going on in the family. Perhaps for some, it will encompass a loss of a loved one or friend or another type of personal crisis. And for some, things are going really well, so all is good. But no matter the journey, Christmas is for each one of you. The meaning that it holds is for each one of you. It is for all of us. Christmas means the incarnation of Jesus Christ became a permanent part of our human time and history. As powerful as is the reality of sin and all of its consequences, there is a more powerful reality and presence, and that is the Lord God, Jesus who became flesh and blood, like one of us, except in sin. And so whatever comes, whatever the darkness, in Jesus Christ, there is light 
Our church is filled with it this year. Everywhere you look, there's candles burning to remind you of that. My friends, for all of you who are here, who are baptized, Jesus Christ has become part of your personal history. In that, then, we are never alone on life's journey, no matter what type of journey it will be. The question, then, I pose to you is, Christ is with us, but are you with him? Are you going to be with Christ? This is a powerful reflection for this Christmas. We all have a journey to make this coming year. Begin to walk with Christ. Make him a closer part of your life. Make his way, his truth, and his life a part of yours always, not just at Christmas, not just at Easter, but every day. In doing so, you will find yourself gradually from the within, stronger and wiser, holier than ever before. And that peace that he said he would give, that this world will never be able to give you completely, will become yours, no matter what the journey is for you. You will come to know the strength of his love and the power of his paschal mystery in your heart. You will begin to experience the true meaning of Christmas. Love. Being loved and loving others. You will begin to experience once more and more deeply the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. He is with you. But are you with him? When I wrote this, I thought, okay, you've got to tell him, how do you start? Okay, Father, that's great, but how do I start? You start by just being here. That's the beginning. And you start by looking at Christmas and come to an understanding of Christmas. Because Christmas, the meaning of it, it captures with beauty and clarity and honesty the depth of the embrace of God's love for you. He loves each one of you. There is no one in this building that he does not love. You did not earn that love. He gives it freely. If someone tells you you must first be good and holy, then he will love you. I don't know what Bible they're reading because it's not the one that we have. And it's not the message of Christ. God came down from heaven to raise you up and to restore a dignity that belonged to you from the beginning as his children, giving anew to you then a new purpose, a new direction perhaps, certainly peace. Begin this closer walk with Christ by trying to accept and appreciate this gift of his love and the presence of him in your life. This gift of love, Jesus, is free for all. You just have to accept the gift. That's one of the hardest parts. My friends, um, it is typical of my tradition when I kind of end the homily to end it with, if you have not found the perfect gift for someone, and this year you might not have because the storm came and just messed up everything on your journey. <laughs> but if you have not yet found the perfect gift for someone, here are my suggestions that I give every year. 
And these gifts cannot be purchased at any price. They can only be given freely, and in that they must be received freely. You can give the gift of forgiveness to one who has caused you harm or hurt you. Just forgive. You can give the gift of charity and patience and tolerance to the one who just makes you crazy all the time. You can give the gift of your attention to someone who is lonely and in need of a hug. The gift of genuine warmth and love, not only to family, but to friends. The gift of peace and hope to all you encounter in these days to come. And then finally, to yourself, give the gift of respect. Because you are precious to God. You are loved greatly by Him. You have worth and dignity, always, always. And as you have been loved greatly by God, Jesus said, now go and do this for others. Love them. Share this gift of love with those you encounter. It can be difficult, can it? It can be very difficult. We do have a book uh, in our parish at Christmas and Easter. We give a book away. And this year, uh, we've chosen the book called Rescued uh, by Father John Ricardo. He's an amazing, uh, amazing priest. And um, some of the things that I spoke, talked to you about, um, he helps us to take a look at the scriptures in its proper place and to understand it. And not only that, he takes the scriptures and your faith and experience, this is key, and brings them all together to help us to grow closer to Christ, to make sure you understand. And my friends, we have this book for you to take home as a gift to read. And if you begin reading it and you're, kind of more than curious or even a little bit curious, the Rescue Project is coming to our parish and it will begin on January 5th. So you will gather here and we'll move through um, the journey with them. But this is an incredible book. It'll help you. For some of you, it'll help you see the scriptures in a different light, in a new way. You may even see Christ in a new way that you hadn't before. It's an amazing book. So I definitely we have all those for you. And next year, I'll bring the cake back. <laughs> My friends, uh, some folks have the custom of the, at their dining table, they'll leave a chair open, but the place setting is there. And often it's for someone who has passed, and they're remembering. And we've had a lot of people pass in this past year, so my, my prayers are for them. But I would suggest if you don't do this, Maybe you should put out a place setting and wait for Jesus to come. And make sure you invite him to come. Lord, come and have, have a meal. It's tacos tonight. <laughs> the food isn't the important part. It's you're inviting him. You will come in not into your home, but into your heart. I think that would start a new tradition that would be wonderful. Know how much you are loved. As the pastor here, I love you imperfectly, but God loves you perfectly. That's what matters. My friends, on Christmas, um, we're trained not to put forth God in the abstract, in high theological concepts, uh, because 
um, on Christmas, God didn't do that himself. He just sent love wrapped in a baby, something we all understood and something we will understand. So know that you're loved and greatly by God and go and do this for others. It matters to God how we treat each other. It always has. It always will. So let us treat each other then with respect and love and dignity. On behalf of our whole staff, I want to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. On behalf of the deacon, so Merry Christmas to you all.